Hey, it's great seeing you guys this week. I am really glad that God has brought you back here uh, to engage with what He might have to say about you. Um, we are moving over the next couple weeks into a series that's going to be entitled Engage. And we're hoping that this series is going to challenge you with how you engage with God. And as we look at that in the lives of a believer, it's how do we engage with our Creator that chose to live a sinless life, die on a cross, and, and be resurrected and defeat sin on our behalf. How are we going to engage with that Creator? And we, we at Third City, we kind of have three very simple concepts we want you to kind of ingrain, and we want it to become a part of your DNA. As a student, we ask this of our adults, and, and I believe that you as students can be capable of engaging in the same manner with God and with the church. And it's these simple things. As a, as a healthy follower of Jesus, we feel like that you should be worshiping, serving, and growing. And those are the three things that we feel like you should have as a part of your life so that you can guarantee that you are continuing to grow in your walk towards the cross. So tonight we're talking about this worship aspect. And, and honestly, the worship aspect is something that doesn't really come natural for me. It's, I mean, the idea of, of, of singing, um, Clapping, like I, I can make a joke that there is, this is truth. I cannot keep pitch with a song and clap my hands and keep beat at the same time. Uh, you guys that are in show choir, or you guys that just rhythm and all of this comes naturally for you, feel free to make fun of me. And I, I have earned every bit of that. But like whenever we are at uh, Move or if we're at Summer Fusion and everybody's getting into, getting into what's going on from stage, you're gonna only see me doing one of two things. I will either be absolutely raising my hands, adoring my creator, just surrendering my being to who he is and appreciation for who, who he is. Or man, you might see me with the old fashioned step, tap, step, tap, step, because that's all I got. This guy's got no rhythm. Um, and so it's really funny at any time that I feel like I try to sing and clap at the same time, it's more like this. And I know that some of you guys that are in the audience right now, if you're honest with yourself, you are in the same boat as me. So I've got some good news for you tonight. Um, I love the worship aspect of my spiritual life. And it's because the view that I have of worship goes well beyond um, what you guys see on, on stage on a night like tonight or maybe on a Sunday morning. Uh, we, we are quick to assign that description to the word worship. We are automatically hearing music. We are automatically seeing guitars. We are automatically like imagining our favorite songs, our favorite moments during a worship service, maybe at some location. But, but as we look at scripture, as we look at Romans chapter 12, I want you to hear this. This is what the writer of Romans says about true worship. He says, therefore, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. And so I start to, to look at this and I go, what is God asking of me? Man, it's, it's, it's ridiculous. Is he asking me to place my body on some kind of altar and sacrifice it? And, and am, I, am I supposed to become some kind of martyr? Well, maybe, but not necessarily. He's saying, I want you to look at your entire being when it comes to worship. 
And this leads me to the first discussion that we need to have about what is worship. And, and it can be boiled down simply to this. It's, it's, it's giving an extreme value to something that is going to like engulf or consume our entire emotional, physical, spiritual being. Every aspect of us is drawn towards that thing because we see the value um, that it provides for our life. So I want you to think about this. No one has to be taught how to worship. You are worshiping beings. We are worshiping beings. We are naturally prone to worship. I mean, think about this for instance. It's fall right now. Football season is among us. Every Saturday in the fall, this entire state in unity will put on red shirts. We will start up our smokers. We will light deep fat fryers for wings. We will reschedule our lives on Saturdays in adoration of a football team that plays a sport in the city of Lincoln. Think about that for a minute. It's like it comes natural for us. And even if you're not a football fan, okay, let's cast that aside. You're gonna look at some aspect of your life, whether it's your, your scholastic ability or possibly a job or maybe a different activity. Maybe you're into to show choir or marching band or maybe you're into drama uh, or you know what? Man, I'm even gonna go there. Maybe you worship a significant other and they are the one that is all consuming when it comes to your emotional being, your spiritual being, your physical being. Every moment of your life, every decision that you make runs through this filter of, is it going to respect and honor and bring more glory to fill in the blank? And yes, this could be a sport. It could be baseball, basketball, football, uh, soccer, anything like that. We are worshiping beings and we don't have to be taught how to worship, but we do need to re learn or possibly understand for the first time why God is the only being that is able to sit in our seat of worship in our lives. I want you to listen to what Psalm 95 says about worship. This is a, this is a passage of scripture that is used over and over again to talk about corporate worship uh, within a body of believers. Listen to what the psalmist says. Come, let us sing for joy to the Lord. Let us shout aloud to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before him with thanksgiving and extol him with music and song. For the Lord is great, the great king above all gods. In his hand are the depths of the earth and the mountain peaks belong to him. The sea is his, for he made it and his hands formed the dry land. Come, let us bow down in worship. Let us kneel before the Lord our maker for he is our God and we are the people of his pasture, the flock under his care. I want you to think about the way that creation should approach God the creator. Um, sometimes I think we truly don't understand um, the, 
the holiness of the one that we approach. It's very important that we do understand that God is a personal God. God is a God that knows your name. And as, as, as Parker said last week, he said, you know what? He knows your name and he, he knows your pain and he knows what you're walking through. And he wants to walk beside you side and side, uh, side by side. But at the same time, God is also creator of the universe and let that one sink in. I mean, we just witnessed a, a ridiculous eclipse uh, back in August and, and that is just part of God's, God's immense creativity, his, his power on display that he could demonstrate and align heavenly bodies to create this type of experience. That is the same God that we worship and how would you approach this God? You would approach him with awe and wonder. And then to think for a moment that he wants to engage with you in a personal manner. Man, that is worth bowing down and, and, and closing my eyes and not even being able to look God in the face at times, not even being able to say, you know, God, I, I am not even worthy to be here, but you know my name. You hear my voice and you know my hurts and God, you want oneness with me. That is a type of relationship that nowhere else in creation can be duplicated. And something we have to understand is everything else that we choose to worship students, everything else that we choose to place on that seat of worship that belongs to God, ultimately it will fail you. Um, I talk to my, my, my wife and my kids and, and I go, you know what? You can't even, you can't place me on that seat, you guys. You can't live to please me or to adore me because you know what? I'm temporary. I'm not made to be permanent. I'm not made to last forever. And guess what? Yeah, I am going to make mistakes because you know what? I am human but we tend to put people on these seats. Young ladies, you sitting out here in this audience, I know that you make the mistakes of putting a young man on this throne in your life and you make every decision of your life based on what you think that boy, and yes, I am saying boy, based on what that boy wants. Some of you guys have placed your girlfriends there and I appreciate the fact that you're wanting to cherish and honor someone that is, that is a sister in Christ, but look, she is not worthy to sit on that throne of worship in your life. And you young athletes, you have placed a sport. The ability to place a leather oblong object across a white stripe has become a god or your ability to throw a round ball through a hoop 10 feet off the ground has become your God. You are one moment away at all times from that God being taken away from you. You are one ACL injury. You are one broken leg. You are one car accident. You are one diagnosis of cancer away from that God just being absolutely stripped from your life. That is why 
I am pleading with you to open your eyes and open your hearts to the true person in God that is able to take that level of worship. And it is Yahweh, Creator God, the Father of Jesus, the one that sent Christ to die for you. He is the one that is worthy of that seat. And now what I want to do, with that in mind, of who it is we're worshiping, I want to go into a time of worship where your attitude, your heart, and your distractions, and how you approach God in this moment with music, with instrument, with lighting, that it is going to reflect your attitude of worship. You will understand who it is you're worshiping, and your actions will be a reflection of your heart condition. So as we do that, I want to pray, and I want to move into this time. Lord God, I, I pray for this room right now. Father, I know that you have created us to be people of worship. You have created us to understand that. And Lord, it's because we are made in your image. And whether we admit it or not, we have been created to worship you. Father, I pray that these next moments are nothing short of holy and pleasing to you. And Lord, I know that our job in response to that is to make sure that our hearts, our minds, our emotions are wholly focused on who you are and what you've done for us. I pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. So just recently there was a woman uh, that went to have a, a piece of costume jewelry that she had bought at a flea market um, appraised in London. Uh, she had picked this, this just crazy, huge, ugly looking, looked like costume jewelry up at a flea market for like $15 and had worn it all around town, like going and picking up groceries. And I'm sure when she would cook at home or when she was scrubbing a toilet or when she went to work as a as an accountant or whatever she did as, as, a, as a career that she just wore this thing because she thought it was cool. And if you could imagine, it would be like, just, it would look like a big hideous, like, man, why does she need to wear that thing? There's, that's just so gaudy and ugly. She went into the appraiser and what she thought was a $15 piece of costume jewelry ended up being a 26 carat diamond that was worth over half a million dollars. And I wonder in that moment for that, for that lady, how she then looked at what was on her hand. You know, I wonder if she still like would just throw that thing on and go on about her business. Or I wonder if she had a different attitude because she understood its value. My question for you tonight is do you understand the value of the salvation that God is offering you through Jesus Christ. Because if you truly understand what Parker just preached hardcore last week, if you understand the hope that you have in Christ, I feel like there would be a natural response in your worship. You see, because worship can't simply be an emotional moment that you have with, with God on a Wednesday night or a Sunday morning or at MOVE or at Summer Fusion without physical response. 
You see, if all we have is an emotional moment and there's no physical response that follows that, your worship is empty. True worship should engage your emotional self, your intellectual self, your spiritual self, your physical self, all of it encompassed, focused on God on that throne. And in the same way, if, if you physically go to a church and, and man, I stack chairs, I put chairs out, uh, I, I, I'm here every week and all there is is the physical, but you're not offering your emotional self, your need for a savior, not connecting with what it is God has done for you on an emotional level. Your worship is just a facade. God desires your whole self in worship. He desires the entire wholeness of who you are when it comes to the way that you engage with Him. This is what it looks like. Because you're probably sitting there going, okay, Josh, I, I, I get it. Does it mean that I sing louder? Does it mean that I that I raise my, maybe it does mean that you raise your hands. Maybe it does mean that you clap. Maybe it does mean that you shout when you are singing and you look at Psalm 95 and you go shout to the Lord a new song. Maybe it does mean that, but I want to boil it down to something simple. Maybe your worship, where the rubber hits the road on your worship is sitting next to them at lunch and being a friend and starting a conversation. Maybe your worship is the way that you engage in Spanish with, yeah, with them. Is it possible that it's, it's that simple? Maybe the worship that God is calling and wanting from you is obedience to your parents. Maybe worship that God is wanting from you is you to realize that you've placed the wrong thing on this throne and he's saying, yeah, it's going to be tough. It's going to take every bit of your emotion, but I want you to rip that thing out of that throne and I want you to place me right on it. Maybe that is the spiritual act of worship that God is asking of you tonight. How will you respond? I think sometimes we overcomplicate what worship is. Maybe it's offering a, a, a listening ear to that person that needs to talk. Maybe it's looking at the person that's been discouraged on your athletic field and you know that they failed and everybody is avoiding them because they know that that person let the whole team down in that moment. And maybe your spiritual act of worship is a hand on their back looking them in the eye and going, I'm still with you. You're still a part of this team. Don't give up on me. I haven't given up on you. Maybe that is your spiritual act of worship. Maybe it's changing a simple lifestyle choice that you've made. Maybe it's being transparent with your small group tonight and going, I am going to take a risk and I'm going to step out and I'm going to have a conversation that terrifies me because I'm afraid what people are going to think of what I'm going to say. Maybe that is the spiritual act of worship that God is asking of you. It could be different in 300 different ways in this room what that spiritual act of worship, but it is all boiled down to us placing God on that throne and us giving Him every bit 
of who we are, the emotional, the spiritual, the intellectual, the physical aspect of who we are, we are offering it to Him. Will you do that tonight?